Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Went radio for Thursday, September 14th, 2023. A lot to get into here today between a SmackDown on-site report from Mr. Marceau himself live in Boston last weekend, some contract updates, WWE, UFC, TKO merger officially complete, some news on Matt Riddle, some thoughts on Raw for Monday, and we got a new NXT Women's Champion all that and much more coming up on WrestleRant Radio here today. New episodes every single week on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single week here as we approach the 10-year anniversary of WrestleRant Radio coming up in early October. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. A lot to get into here today. I, I, I'm feeling for you right now. I know you're not a Jets fan, but Aaron Rodgers down in the first five minutes of the game. What's going on there? Torres Achilles. Not good. <laughs> also, I didn't even know he was still active. I thought he retired. Oh, my God, kid. No, he's on the Jets. Well, yeah, he's on the Jets now, but he's done for the year. So that's what I don't know what surprised me more. I must have missed that part of the NFL draft where I guess he wasn't drafted, obviously, because that's not what that's for. I'm thinking of WWE here. Obviously, he was traded. I don't know what I was more surprised by. Actually, three things. One, the fact that he got hurt so quickly. Two, the fact that he was still active. And three, the fact that he was traded to the Jets because I thought he was uh, Packers for life. Yeah, no, no longer. He's New York Jet now. There's <laughs> so much for Devonta Adams telling me two years ago that he wasn't ever going anywhere. I mean, he actually left the Packers first, right? He's on the Raiders now, or did he? Yeah, he left the Packers first. He got traded last year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So, bummer. But listen, Monday Night Football is back, which is not good news for Monday Night Raw. The rating, I think, I had seen yesterday the second lowest rating in the show's history, which is not an abnormal headline. I feel like I see that a lot. It's not good. I'm not defending it, but. Uh, that's what they're in for coming up going forward. And if they have any shows like they did on Monday night going forward, it's not going to look good for the remainder of the year. It felt like they just rolled over and fucking died uh, with that show on Monday, specifically with the way that they ended it and who came back at the end of that episode. It was almost a fitting conclusion in a way to the Vince McMahon era of WWE. Obviously still the... Not majority owner, but like still calling the shots creatively. Triple H no longer on the board, but again, that doesn't really mean much. It means something, but not in the sense that like, oh, he's out of creative. Like, no, he's still in charge of creative. Vince is indeed back uh, changing stuff. He only had back surgery maybe a month ago, and he's already back making calls because the man is just superhuman in a way. Um, But we'll get into Raw a little bit later on. A lot to discuss on the Raw front. But I do want to get your quick thoughts on SmackDown, Mr. Marceau. You went last Friday in Boston with a co-worker of yours. Had a blast. Give me your thoughts on being at uh, SmackDown Live last Friday night in Boston. I thought it was really good, honestly. I thought it was a solid show overall. I mean, I feel like when you go, they feel better than they are. But I don't know. I didn't re-watch the show. But I feel like it was a pretty solid show, honestly. Um, Start off with... With the women of Charlotte, EO, Bailey, and I guess Shotzi, if you want to 
put Shotzi over. But you got Oscar coming back, set up her and Eo for two weeks, which was good. Uh, LA Knight came out, big pop by the crowd. Uh, him and him and Theory, I thought was a pretty good match. Um, the Brawling Brutes and Judgment Day, which is kind of there. That's what it is. And I thought the main event with with Jimmy and AJ was pretty good. I guess you said people were chanting "boring." I mean, I didn't hear it. I was not intoxicated at all. Um, <laughs> I missed that part. But I, don't know, I thought it was a pretty solid match. I just feel like people don't maybe aren't invested in Jay, so they just maybe they just don't care. But I thought it was a solid. I thought it was a decent match. I wouldn't say it was like. The greatest match I've ever seen, but I mean Jimmy's also not a, a singles guy, so I thought it was a pretty decent match. I mean, going off of that, we discussed this before we went live here, but it, it feels like they're kind of expecting the bloodline drama to carry SmackDown for the foreseeable future in the absence of Roman Reigns. Uh, what's going on with Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and now they're throwing an AJ Styles into the mix, and maybe the Judgment Day because AJ beat Jimmy, like you said, he won that match, and then Damian. And Finn attacked EJ afterward, leaving uh, you know Solo standing tall to close out the episode. And you also got Bobby Lashley and the Prophets in the mix as well, standing off with uh, the Judgment Day. So it might be a case of faction warfare, but we haven't really... Again, we don't talk a lot about SmackDown here because it's kind of old news by the time that we get to it. But we don't have a lot of AEW talk today because we're recording again before Dynamite. Um, but your thoughts on the Bloodline drama as far as how it's playing out right now and where you see it going forward in regards to... like. Where are we going with this? And it does it feel like filler to you as it much does to me in the fact they're just killing time with this stuff until Roman Reigns returns? Um, I mean, I would probably go more towards the filler, like you said. I just, like, I just... Not that I don't know if they're making it up as they go, but it seems just like, why would Jimmy leave if he's just trying to get back in the group? Like, basically, that's what he's doing on SmackDown on Friday. Like, he was basically trying to beat up AJ to get back in Roman's good graces, even though last time... Roman was there. He literally told Jay, Jimmy he could have anything, anything mm-hmm. he wanted. Yacht, back in the group, Lamborghini, private island, I don't know. What else he said? Fucking uh, designated driver for life? I don't even know what he said, but, I mean, he offered that. He said no, and then now he wants to get back in. So, <laughs> I mean, the whole reasoning, I think, like the whole, oh, I want Jay to become you. I guess. And he wants I to mean, work with him again? That doesn't make sense. A terrible, terrible reason. And yeah. it just really hasn't... I mean, I think that's what maybe people just don't care about Jimmy either. And then he lost here as well. So he got beat up by Cena, lost to AJ and Samantha, and he really he can't really get over if you just keep losing. I mean, people just then associate you as a loser. So we'll see. But I think it's filler for now. But like I said, I feel like... The Street Profits and Bobby kind of got are starting to heat up a little bit. Judgment Day was on SmackDown, so I think they'll be able to they'll be fine. But I think the Bloodline itself, stuff itself is kind of filler right now. Yeah, I just the fact that well, two things, and I mentioned this before. I like Jimmy Uso. I like the new theme, putting him on his own. I've said for ten years, putting the Usos on their own would never be a great idea. But we're at a point now where Jay has proven so much on his own in the absence of Jimmy when Jimmy was hurt three years ago that I'm not completely against it. I think what we what's going on right now on Raw with Jay is actually probably the best part of the show. More interesting than Rollins and Nakamura, what's going on in the women's division, what, what's going on with Jay right now being on the show. And I wasn't a big fan of Jay moving to Raw because it felt lazy. Where, oh, I quit the company, then he just gets moved to Raw. Like, we just saw that a year ago with Ray and Dominic. It makes sense, but when we just saw it a year ago, it's like, all right, I feel like Triple H is following a formula at this point where we get the big turn in the fall, and then we wait eight months to get the payoff. You probably could have waited a little bit closer to the Rumble to do the turn in that case. But I think the wonky storytelling is also an issue, like you said. It just doesn't make sense, because he was offered the world, 
and essentially a spot back in the group. He helped Roman retain the title at SummerSlam. And then he said, no, I'm good. I just don't want him to become the asshole that you are. And now he wants to go back to working with him. It just doesn't make sense. But lost in all of this with the Bloodline stuff is the fact that it seems like AJ might be back at the forefront of the blue brand. Now, I might be reading too much into it. It might be just a case of AJ is really just the transitional pawn in the program. It might be just more about Jimmy and Solo, and that might be where we're headed at some point. But AJ did beat Jimmy. It could have been. It would have been very easy for them to have Solo beat AJ and then have Jimmy beat AJ as well. But no, Solo beat AJ, but then AJ beat Jimmy. So I think that's got to say something. He also beat him clean as well, despite outside interference from uh, Solo Sokoa. So that being said, I think we're at a point now with AJ where he's on the right track to possibly challenging and contending for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship before long. Your thoughts on AJ maybe being next in line for a shot of the championship whenever Roman Reigns comes back? Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Um, I think, like you said, maybe it's just this is kind of setting up uh, Solo and Jimmy, and then maybe AJ sneaks in there for a title for a title shot. But no, I think he's kind of I would say is probably anyone outside the bloodline. I would say on SmackDown specific, I feel like he'd be the one to get. Uh, the next, like, world title shot or WWE title shot. It makes sense. I mean, it's also a match that we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, AJ's not beating Roman Reigns, and he has never beaten Roman Reigns. He probably will never beat Roman Reigns. But they had those two great matches at this point, making me feel old by saying this, but seven years ago, uh, back in the spring of 2016, I remember watching the... We, we saw one of those matches. We were there for the blow-off of the program, actually, at Extreme Rules in 2016. Had a great match on that show. They have not faced off one-on-one since. And I think running it back with a championship come like the Rumble, say. Uh, say the Rumble would be would be excellent. Again, part of the problem is that's in four months. Four and a half months. I just feel like that's too far off. Uh, can you really have AJ, after already having had matches with Jimmy and Solo, can you keep him in chase mode until then? Uh, and have it be interesting? Mm, probably not. They would have to have it be at like Survivor Series. But currently, as we speak right now, Roman is not scheduled for that show. And if he was going to be, I would imagine he would have been at it already because they want to sell more tickets for it. So, And he's a big ticket mover, I imagine. So I don't know. They have to figure that out. Uh, quick side note here. Royal Rumble, as of Wednesday, officially announced for Tropicana Field in Tampa. Uh, I, I know you haven't been there yourself, but having heard about it, you think it's a dumpster fire. Your thoughts on Royal Rumble headed to uh, Tampa, Tropicana Field, the former home of the Thunderdome, come 2024 in January. I mean, it makes sense. I think it makes sense in the in the fact that it is a stadium inside. Uh, it's in Florida. I mean, I haven't heard, heard a lot of good things, so I can only imagine how it's going to go. But, um, I mean, it makes sense. I understand why they do it. I just don't love it. They've done baseball parks for all the rumbles in the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, aside from that one COVID one. But in 2020, was the 2022 rumble in a baseball park? Do you remember? It was in, I think it was in, or no, was it in St. Louis or Minnesota or something? It was in one of the... 2021? 2022. 2021 was in, was in the Thunder. 2022 was in, was in, uh, wasn't, wasn't it, let me see. No, 2022 was in uh, St. Louis. I think it was at the Dome of America City. Let's see. Yeah. It was at the, the football stadium in St. Louis. Oh, football stadium. Okay. So they did a football stadium for that one, which is interesting. Okay. They did a, um... Well, that's actually not that out of the ordinary. They did a football stadium this past year, too, at the Alamo Dome. That's not a baseball stadium either, so I guess that makes sense. They were doing baseball stadiums pretty consistently with, like, the 2020 Rumble, the 2019 Rumble. So we were at the 2018 one. That was, like, the last normal Rumble in Philly. Um, Yeah, I've been to Tampa before. I mean, I don't know. You make it sound like it's in a different area than the football stadium, right? I mean, even that's not the best area, but... 
you, you made it sound like it's closer to St. Petersburg than it is actual, like, the city of Tampa. Yeah, it's in St. Pete. Okay, that's 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 not good. So um, uh, hopefully they can uh, you know work through it. It's I, I like the city of Tampa the last time I was there, and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But uh, cool that they're announcing it this far in advance as far as the Rumble is concerned, and uh, they have a lot of time until then, but gets people excited and whatever. One last note on SmackDown. Uh, he was on SmackDown last week beating Austin Theory. He's got a rematch from Payback with The Miz coming up on SmackDown this Friday night. Mr. L.A. Knight himself, uh, in the news lately in the last week, it was reported about a week ago, again, right after we recorded, I believe, that he was on the verge of signing a brand new deal with WWE. And like a new long-term deal locked in place uh, for the next five years. And that WWE was waiting for that to go into effect for him to be locked in before they started pushing him aggressively knowing that he'd be around long term. That makes sense. That came from, I believe, Mike Johnson at PW Insider. Fightful comes out a couple days later saying, not so fast. He's not actually... Not only has he not signed the deal yet, they're actually far apart on money, and his contract does not expire until early 2025. And they might just be negotiating early now because he's so hot right now, maybe he wants a bigger deal, whatever the case might be. I, I don't think LNN's going anywhere. Um, I would be shocked if they couldn't come to te- terms on a new deal and then he left. I could see that with Drew. Oddly enough, Drew's a big enough star to where he should probably get a bigger deal than whatever LA Knight would be asking for right now because he's proven to be a main event player for the company in the last couple of years, carried them through COVID, blah, blah, blah. And then if he doesn't get that, I could see him going to AEW or whatever. I, I can't see LA Knight going back to Impact or going back to NWA or let alone AEW. I just don't feel like that would work out well at all. I do think he will stay in WWE. But your thoughts on the LA Knight situation and that uh, they could be locking him into a new lucrative deal heading into 2025? No, I mean, I think... I mean, if his deal's not up until 2025, I guess we do have some time. But, I mean, depending on what he originally signed for, I mean, he's literally one of the most over guys in the company right now. So I understand for his sake that he definitely would want some more security or probably more money. Uh, I mean, the only problem with him specifically is just his age. He is a little bit older. So it's just like, even if, like, they just didn't resign him, I mean, how much longer does he really have in the tank? So I think he deserves it, and they definitely need to figure that out. Um, But... Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I think just over-wise, I mean, it would be a, a smart move to keep him around. I mean, yeah, just talking about, like, sports in general, you talk about the fact that he's, you know, in his 40s, now he's on the older side, and I feel like this can kind of relate to sports in the sense that whatever contract he signs next, if it is a long-term deal, will probably be his last. It'll take him through 45, 46, at the age of 45, 46. Whatever contract he signs next would probably be his last. Do you think it's a case where he might be asking for more money thinking of that? Thinking like, listen, I'm not going to sign for peanuts here or anything for anything less than what a top talent would be paying, you know, would be paid. Uh, I've proven in the last couple months this momentum is sustainable. This is not a fad. My t-shirts are selling. I got you guys ratings, social media numbers, great crowd reactions, blah, blah, blah. Let's get this thing going and push me as a top talent because otherwise... You know, again, he wants that security. Again, they could release him at any time. That's how WWE works. But I could see why he would probably want a bigger deal, knowing that whatever deal he signs next might be his last in wrestling. No, definitely. Like you said, he's at the end of his end of his career, end of especially age wise. Um, you definitely would want that security, knowing that this could be, like you said, his last contract. With how over he is right now, I know you're an LA Knight fan as well. Do you see his ceiling being a world champion? I mean, again, he's super over, but some guys only get so over, and it's like, all right, but their ceiling is like the mid-card, like the United States Championship. 
can you see him as the world champion at some point? Because I certainly could. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, with if SmackDown specifically, I'd say, I mean, he's not beating Roman Reigns, so I'd say no on that aspect. But, I mean, I think he could definitely be like a world heavyweight champion. I mean, I, I think, I would like to see him get some mid-card goal just to kind of solidify himself a little bit. But I think him winning like the world heavyweight championship down the line, I wouldn't like be surprised. PW Insider reported in that same report that they were eyeing Knight as the top babyface on the blue brand going forward. Again, kind of thrown in disarray with the Fightful report that he hasn't officially signed yet. But honestly, but he feels that way. If you look at the roster on SmackDown, they have a lot of great talent. He is the de facto number one babyface. It's not John Cena, because I, I mean, I guess, but he's not around long term. Um, Edge is possibly done, and he's not full time anyway. Bobby's apparently supposed to be a heel. Doesn't act like it, but he's apparently supposed to be a heel. Uh, Sheamus is great, but he's not that guy. And uh, AJ Styles is probably not going to be that guy. He could be a top player, and he won the main event of SmackDown last week, but he's not going to be who they build the brand around for like the next 6 to 12 months. LA Knight can be that guy. He's already proven to be one of the best parts of SmackDown in recent weeks alone. How can you... How can you have him as the top babyface? I mean, I guess the easy answer is that Roman does not wrestle regularly. But how do you think they can have him as the top babyface, Roman as the top heel in the entire company, let alone on SmackDown, and not have them cross paths at some point? And do you think WWE planted the seed for that possibility by having him interact with Paul Heyman last week on SmackDown? Yeah, I think so. Like, so they did have that little interaction. I mean, like, so that's like the little seed plant there. I just, like you said, with Roman's schedule, it's like how often is he going to work and when they're going to fit that in. So, I mean, that's the problem. I feel like that is the promise of SmackDown. They just are very heel heavy. There's not a ton of, like, besides LA Knight, it's like, who, Rey Mysterio? I love Rey Mysterio. He's the, he's the United States champion, but, I mean, he's not who he used to be. Like, if he's, like, your second top babyface, I feel like you're in trouble. So, I just feel like it's a very heel heavy show. I mean, that's why I kind of feel like, that's why I feel like, Jay didn't have to go to Raw because he could be one of the top babyfaces on SmackDown. Like, you put him on Raw now, it's like, there's so many good babyfaces. They're the complete opposite. They have no, like, good really heels, no yeah. kind of top heels. So it's like a total different dynamic. They have Cody, Seth, uh, Cody, Seth, Sammy, Kevin. Like, they have a ton of babyfaces. Mm-hmm. They just don't actually really have a ton of heels. So it's kind of funny that they, the both shows are kind of flip-flopped on being babyface heavy or heel heavy. So... I mean, we'll see, but I think it's possible, like I said, that they could cross paths somewhere down the line, um, but I think that interaction wasn't just, like, out of the blue. Do you think there's a chance that, again, I mean, I guess there is a chance they could change plans and put them in the Mania match. I honestly don't think that's completely out of the realm of possibility. Do I expect that? No, I think they'll stick with Cody. I think they should stick with Cody. I love LA Knight, but Cody's... You don't have them lose at Mania and then completely give up on him a year later. I mean, they have to see it through. They have to put the belt on Cody. And he's already over anyway. It's not like they gave up on Cody or the fans have given up on Cody. He's still very much over and has maintained the momentum. But could you see a scenario where, again, Roman's not around a lot. He might not be around for the rest of the year, which is kind of crazy. Could you see a scenario, though, where maybe not at the Rumble per se but maybe at like Elimination Chamber or whatever the February pay-per-view is, they could do a situation similar to Sammy and Roman last year where, I don't know if they'll book it for like the, st- the former Staples Center, the crypto, whatever the fuck they call it now in LA. Book a pay-per-view around there, regardless of the location, I guess. Give LA Knight the title shot on that show. Not winning, but they, I mean, I just feel like if you do Roman and LA Knight after Mania, Roman should not be champion after Mania. Could he be champion after Mania? Yes, he fucking could be. Let's, that's not 
He absolutely could be. So let's not think that he's going to always oh, definitely going to lose it at Mania. Yeah, it's not set in stone. Because I feel like that match only makes sense if Roman is champion. I, I mean, Listen, he's not winning against Roman at a February pay-per-view, but I would like to see it, especially if he ends up in a prominent match at Mania the following month that's not for a world championship. Um, I, I still think they could do it at like a February pay-per-view if not at the Rumble. No, I think they could. I mean, it's definitely possible. He said, I, I mean, I hope to God Roman's not champion after WrestleMania, but, you know, anything's possible with Roman, <laughs> so. I think it is, but I feel like you said, but, it, like, it'd kind of be too, like, similar to, like, what you said with, like, Ray and Dominic. It'd be like, what's he just go to the well every time someone that's yeah. really over not going to win the belt, you're going to beat him right before WrestleMania, so. I like the idea itself, but, like, like I said, is this going to be, like, a, 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 a Triple H trope, like, Every oh right for WrestleMania the most over guy that's not going to win the belt we'll just give him a title match just to, to show people that we're pushing him mm-hmm. or something like that. With Sammy I feel like there was a, like Sammy yeah. was incorporated in the story so it made a little bit more sense. Yeah, like LA Knight just be like another challenger like sure. Sammy was in the bloodline it made sense he turned on Roman the month before. There you go. There's a match. Just happened to be in 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 Montreal but I mean I think it's it would be nice because like I said at least it's showing him like the pusher. He's at a top level, but I just also, I mean, I think Roman needs to lose to Cody at WrestleMania, so. Yeah, Roman's working less and less, dude. I mean, he defended against Sammy this year in February. There's a chance he doesn't defend at the February pay-per-view this year. I mean, last year, Roman, you talked about, I mean, he got the schedule of Mania last year, um, but he worked the SmackDown in June. He worked SummerSlam. You know, he was on SmackDown, not consistently, but, you know, he was on, on a, he also worked WrestleMania Backlash at that point. He worked to SmackDown in June, retained the title there, SummerSlam. Uh, he was on SmackDown in October and September because he was at Crown Jewel because he faced Logan Paul. He also wrestled that Survivor Series, and he was on SmackDown a lot from December through January. Currently, he ain't on fucking shit, dude. He ain't on anything. He's not on Superstar Spectacle. He's not on Survivor Series. He's not on that local house show yesterday. He's not on anything. So, I mean, he is working less dates than Brock at this point, which is why we need the belt off of him as soon as possible. If they want that schedule for him to make him feel special, cool, he can't be defending the title twice a year. I don't care if that's the way that it was back in 1990-fucking-two with Bruno San Martino. I mean, I know he was champion in the 80s, but you understand my point. It's not the same thing anymore. It's not the same thing. I, I will go down. I will argue with anyone. Roman's run is the one of, if not the best world title run in the company's history. I will tell you that. But at the same time, though... I mean, I, you can also argue, oh, Sam Martino held it for seven years. Yeah, but he, it, wasn't, it was a different time. He was defending it a lot more because there were house shows, but it wasn't on TV. On TV, you kind of have to fucking defend it. He was a traveling champion. Br- Roman's not traveling anywhere. He's traveling from his couch to the kitchen. I mean, he's got to lose it at some point, and it's got to be to Cody. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be mad if they did him in LA Knight in the meantime, but like you said, it would have to make sense. So we'll see what they have in mind there. Uh, talking about the big merger completed. We'll just touch upon this quickly. WWE and UFC officially merging this past week with Endeavor, under Endeavor, uh, as TKO is the new name for it. You mentioned that Jay was in the commercial to me a couple days ago. He is in the commercial like for the new TKO company. The branding for it, I don't know if it's on the website or like as part of the announcement. Someone had, they overlooked this one. Naomi's actually one of the people featured as the champion, and she's not worked for that company in over a year and a half, so I don't know how she ended up in the branding for TKO, because she's actually the current Impact Women's Knockouts champion, which is pretty funny. Uh, But anyway, so they had the official announcement of that this past week. Vincenzo McMahon there, uh, alongside Nick Khan, looking like a supervillain from an animated show in the 90s. Uh, Just completely ridiculous. I think the overarching question right now is, does anything change, or is it going to be business as usual, if not 
you know, if only for the immediate future. Uh, I would say for the in, the in the immediate future, I would say business as always. I mean, you don't want to go too drastic. I don't think they would want to. Like, obviously now that's a, a publicly traded, th- or I guess they were publicly traded before, but just this new company, you don't want to like go too crazy because then it can just kind of drop the stock and people freak the fuck out. So I think if there's any like big changes or bigger changes that kind of happen like over time, I mean, I would say for now, I would I would just kind of go status quo. Maybe after WrestleMania this year coming up, maybe kind of if you have any changes coming in, that's when you do it. I mean, I think the TV deals coming up at the end of this year into 2024, so definitely that will probably definitely be a, a thing. I mean, I think I saw like SmackDown's rumor to go either Amazon or Disney was like mm-hmm. the latest rumor. Um, so I guess we'll see from there, but um, I think until those are kind of set in stone, I wouldn't see. Because you don't want to go too crazy on any changes because, like, that could scare away a broadcaster or just other things. So I'd keep it status for now. Uh, once those broadcasting deals and all that stuff's in place, I could see, like, more gra- like bigger changes coming. Yeah, Raw was significant on Monday in the sense that it was the last Raw under the McMahons era in the sense that they completely ran the show. And, I mean, they're going to be still running the show, friggin' uh, Aria Emanuel's not going to be raw every week calling, uh, you know, oh, this it's going to be Cody and Seth Rollins tonight. Like, obviously not. It's still going to be Triple H and, and, and Vince, let's face it, in charge of creative for WWE. Uh, Long term, there could be changes. We, we don't know. Like you said, probably not right now, at least before the media rights stuff goes through. It does sma- It does sound like SmackDown's going to be gone from Fox. Um, I was shocked in the first place. Listen, I want nothing but the best for this company. I want nothing but the best for AEW. I want nothing but the best for wrestling. I was shocked when WWE went to Fox, if only because it was a very lucrative deal, and SmackDown's not a very lucrative show. It's a very good show. You were at the show last week. I enjoy the show. Is it worth the money they paid for it? Probably not. WWE manned out like bandits five years ago when they signed that deal. They made a lot of fucking money off of SmackDown, um, but it hasn't really paid dividends. It, it's done more viewers than Raw, a couple million viewers a week, and that's great, but... I don't know if it was really worth it for Fox. They're not going to say that publicly, but I would be honestly surprised if they stayed with Fox. When I hear, like, when you say Disney, I had seen the same thing. I would assume that means ESPN, right? Like, SmackDown's not airing on Disney Channel. I mean, it's just Disney-owned, so, I mean, it could technically be ABC. I mean, they're a parent. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, Disney's the parent company of, like, Hulu, ABC, fucking ESPN, I mean, they own so much. I mean, yeah. it could be ABC, it could be ESPN, could be... Could be. I mean, I would say, I'm not, it's not going to be on Hulu, but yeah. Lost. I have no clue. I honestly have no idea. I mean, I would have to be on TV, I assume. But I mean, I guess at Amazon, I wouldn't. But I don't know. I guess we'll say. Yeah, no, I saw the Amazon thing too. I'm thinking like, what... The Disney one makes sense because they own so much that's on television. The Amazon one, I guess that they were offered enough money, could they go to Amazon Prime or something? Like, I, I don't know if they, what channel... I guess my problem with that, or I guess not my problem, but my thought would be like, wouldn't that be like, I mean, Peacock's like another stream or something? Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. Like, would that kind of run against like a Peacock? Because Peacock's kind of clear. Like, I don't know if they have like a exclusivity right as like the streaming partner of whatever. Yeah, they air Raw and then they put up the exclusive episodes on Peacock. Like, the Peacock deal ain't up anytime soon. Not... Anytime, but like in the next like two years, I think. I think it runs from maybe 2021 through 2025 or 2026. It's a couple years, so I mean, it's not going to be imminent, so I'm not exactly sure how that shakes out. But it was interesting because they said yesterday at the New York Stock Exchange or on Tuesday when this whole thing 
was unveiled and whatever. Um, and it's um, it's an interesting question to ask you specifically, being a UFC fan. One of their hopes, they said, was, and Dana White was there as well. I forgot who had said it, but one of the top officials in, in TKO Endeavor had mentioned that one of their goals is to have all WWE fans, obviously they're stretching when they say all, but you know what I mean. All WWE fans become UFC fans, and all UFC fans become WWE fans, where they can coexist under one roof. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's feasible. I don't even, I mean, I know they're going to say that because that's like the corporate thing to say because they all work together now. With you being a fan of both products, do you think that's realistic or is that just them doing the corporate lingo because they want everyone to watch everything? I just don't, I feel like if it hasn't happened by now, because certain people who watch WWE don't like the UFC because it doesn't have the WWE elements and vice versa. I mean, WWE might might be too fake for people to watch UFC. I mean, maybe there obviously is a crossover, but not enough for for it to be everyone as they think it would be. I think it's more of a corporate jingle, like corporate thing to say that's everyone. I mean, like I said, I think you're trying to get some portion of the audience. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be everyone. I mean, if you think it's going to be everyone, you must be smoking some crack or something because that's just not the case. Like you said, some people like UFC for its realness and fight game and kind of like more of a – it's kind of like, honestly, it's like a real – like a real fighting version of WWE. I don't know how to even describe it, but yeah. like it is a lot different. I mean, I just feel like, like you said, I think you could get some crossover, but if you think everyone, then like I said, get off the crack, get off the strong marijuana. I don't know what you're on, but I think if you could get like a quarter of the audience to be like double fans, you'd be you'd be like in heaven. We talk about the crossover of fans. What about the crossover of talent? And we might have mentioned this before when this whole thing went through earlier this year, but there was also a lot going on when this broke around WrestleMania weekend. But what do you think the possibility is for crossover in fighters and in superstars? And to what extent? I don't think that's really going to happen because the two products, like you said, are vastly different. I think the extent of it might be, in my opinion, uh, like someone from WWE, as we've seen in the past, maybe accompanying someone to the octagon for a fight or someone in UFC, maybe not working a match per se. Cause I mean, that could risk injury and their training and all this other shit. Again, maybe making a quick appearance on raw to promote their fight, maybe host raw for one night. I, I think that might be the extent of it. I really don't think there'd be someone from WWE fighting someone from UFC and either the octagon or the ring. I just don't feel like that's realistic or if it's even really necessary. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. Like the only thing I can think of is like, I don't, I, th- I assume he works for, I think he works for UFC. Like, they, he, Dan, Brock Lesnar was supposed to face Daniel Cormier, like, right before he came back, when mm-hmm. he came back to UFC a couple years ago, and it just never translated. I mean, they could definitely do, like, a match in WWE, I think. Um, that's the only thing I think of. Obviously, you're not going to just have some, like, UFC guy fight in the WWE and vice versa. But I think that's, like, the only thing that pops out in my head. Like, if they're actually going to do a match, like, that would make sense because it was, like, planted, seeds were planted and just never, like, trickulated. But I think they could do, like, a fight pit or, like, an actual match, and I feel like that would sell. That Brock stuff is just so weird, because, like, he retired, and then he came back, and he had that fight in 2016. I know the whole, you know, the roids thing, and he was he had to be joined the testing pool, blah, blah, blah. But he popped up at at least a couple different events, teasing a couple different fights, specifically with Cormier, and it never happened. It was just so weird, and then he was like, nah, I actually don't want to fight again, or, I don't know, WWE, I don't know if they wouldn't want him to do it again because they let him do it once and then he kind of embarrassed them with the whole, again, he won the fight but then it came out after the fact that he wasn't legal or whatever. He was on some sort of substance or whatever it was. Um, But that being said though, kind of a side note with Cormier, I see him as the, not ring announcer, but like he's doing some interviews and stuff 
after the fights. I had seen him the other day on, on Twitter doing some stuff. Is he in, like, shape now to do, like, a wrestling match? I know he's a big wrestling fan. Like, when was the last time he fought? Is he officially retired from UFC? Yeah, he retired from fighting. Okay. Is he, like, still in shape at all or no? I mean, I, He's, like, a commentator. I have no idea what his shape-wise he's in. Was he always that big? I mean, he looks bigger. Yeah, he was always that big. He's an okay. heavyweight. All right, all right. I, I thought he was a slimmer and that he just wasn't. He looked bigger to me than like that. He just put on weight because he's not fighting anymore. If he was always that big, he looks different with the with the clothes on. That sounds weird, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's very interesting to see if that match would actually happen. He seems like he'd be very much into that idea. So maybe that is something we could see at some point. But again, if there are any changes, they probably would not be imminent. Maybe some people are hoping for drastic changes imminently because Monday's show wasn't really that good. Uh, back from September 11th on Monday night, Monday Night Raw. Uh, not really a lot to get into aside from the big takeaway of what closed the show. Raquel Rodriguez, Raquel Rod, a lot of R's here. Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley, rather, for the Women's World Championship. Not their best outing. Better than the payback match, but the crowd just didn't give a shit. Uh, they didn't give a lot. Of, they didn't give a shit about a lot of what we got on the show, but I can't really blame them because it wasn't that exciting of an episode. Again, opposite of the return of Monday Night Football, you would think they would put forth more of an effort. But I guess their idea was, listen, let's close the show in exciting fashion with a big return. If you were thinking to hear Cult of Personality, think again, my friend. We heard, not, we actually we didn't hear anything, but she just popped up. Nia fucking Jax is back on Monday Night Raw, returning to attack Rhea Ripley and Raquel, costing Raquel the championship and then attacking Rhea Ripley afterward. I, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't even really have the words. I mentioned this quickly on Twitter the other day. We'll get into it more here. Not a fan of the move. Uh, they probably just want to give these women more women to work with. And someone that's over. I mean, I don't think they're turning Rhea babyface, nor should they. She's a great part of Judgment Day. Uh, they're probably going to program her long-term with Raquel to get Raquel over. That's great. My issue is that Nia Jax is not very good. And I know she's lost weight and she looks great, to be honest with you. No rhyme intended. Um, but I just feel like there's so many other women on this show, as we've mentioned before. I would rather see them put the effort into getting over than fucking bringing back Nia Jax, who it's like she was on the main roster, not for a cup of coffee, dude. She was there for a very long time. I know they let her go due to COVID circumstances and stuff like that, but still, um, there were some other... She she probably should have... I don't want to say anyone should be fired, but it's like, if it wasn't for that, she probably would still be around. But it's not like she was adding a lot to the roster, even at the point before she got let go. So again, your thoughts on uh, Nia Jax returning on Monday Night Raw this past week. I mean, this might be a hot take. Honestly, I did not, like, have the outrage that everyone else did. Okay. I mean, is, she, is she amazing? No. I think what you're saying, I agree. Like, they have plenty of women they could push. I feel like they've tried a little bit with certain people, and they just never got a reaction. So I feel like at their, that point, they're just like, fuck it. Let's go back. Like, they had already signed her anyways. So you know what? We know she'll get a reaction We'll just go with it at this point because I feel like they tried. I mean, like I said, they tried. I don't know. Like I would say, like they went crazy, but like they had those in the beginning of the year. Like they had those segments with like Nikki Cross and Piper Niven or Dewdrop at the time, whatever you want to call it. Candice Lorraine. Like I just feel like they were on Raw every week and like no one gave a flying fuck. And for whatever you want to say about Nia Jax being good or whatever, like people know her and mm. gets in a reaction. Like I said, is she amazing? No. Could they try harder with these other women? I, I mean, I guess. I, I just don't really... Unless you're putting a title on them, I don't know how much more they could have been... They were on Raw week, like weekly at one point. I just feel like with Nia, they said she looks like she trimmed up a little bit. Um, I mean, it got a reaction. People were pissed. I mean, 
I, I, I guess what I, I got. That's what I got for it. I didn't overly hate it. I think it's just funny with the Raw. I feel like SmackDown's women's division just kind of like, I don't want to say loaded, but I just feel it's in a lot better place than Raw. Like Raw, like, I mean, fucking Becky Lynch going on to fucking NXT at this point because they're not, they have no one really for her to work. I mean, they had Trish and then Raw is like, they have the talent. Just none of them are like, I don't know if you want to say credible, but like, they just, yeah, I guess that's what you go with. They have a ton of women. There's none of them really have like the star power to like do anything on their own. Like, I was happy Zoe turned on Trish, and now we get her and Shayna. No one cares. You have Candice and Chelsea, uh, uh, Chelsea and Piper Niven. No one cares. Uh, you have Raquel, who I like, but I think she's terrible as a babyface. And then she just lost here again to Rhea, which I like Rhea. But, like, who else is on Raw that's a woman that's even remotely over and people give a shit about? No one. So at least Nia, I guess, would, like, people hate her. She got good heel heat. But besides that, I just... I mean, we'll see, but I feel like Raw and SmackDown's women's division are on a totally different, like, stratosphere at this point. Yeah, I guess my point, like you said, they have all these women that just aren't over. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Like you said, they had some of those women on the show weekly, and the crowd didn't care. Do you think it's a case, though, of just, cre- I don't, I honestly don't blame the talent all that much. I think it's a case of them not really putting the effort into getting them over. Tegan Knox, for example, I've always been a Tegan Knox fan, you know that. But at the same time, they put her on the show, what, twice when she came back? She's, she's made maybe three television matches in the time that they have had her back. I, I don't think Vince was even in charge at that point. I think Triple H brought her back. All right, cool, we wanted you back, whatever. Didn't even try with her. Didn't even try. And Candice has been on the show a lot more than most. Again, but she's not consistently. She'll pop up once in a while, have a match, lose. We've been really given no, no reason to care about her the way thing. They were teasing and never really went anywhere. Um, her and Indy could be a tag team. Indy's been in the main roster for months, and she's had of all of, what, one or two matches? Um, I, I blame the creative more than I would the talent themselves and the crowd not caring about the talent specifically, just more about the fact they were given no reason to care about the talent, if that makes sense. No, I agree, but I also just think some people can still get over to, to spite, like, I feel like the damage control people, like, they didn't do them any favors creatively, and I feel like they're all over. Like, I mean, Bailey was already over to begin with, but like, Evo and Dakota, I feel like they get Obviously, Io is the champion now, but I feel like she was, before even she won the briefcase, she was starting to get, like, a decent reaction. So, I think it's a little bit of both. I just think Raw specifically, like, I, I don't know. Like, Shayna, it's just, I feel like also it's like Shayna, we've been there, Natalia, been there. I feel like Zoe had a chance, but now they're going to team with, 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 with Shayna. It's like, no one cares. Like, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted Zoe no. on her own. I want her, like, get a push and... But I feel like it's also a product of, like, they can push her, but, like, if she's not going to beat Rhea, then it's like, what do you do next with her? And if you don't have any other women that are credible to feud with, then why would any Like, you could give the juiciest storyline, but it's against people that no one care about. It doesn't totally matter. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think having, like, a newer champion in Rhea, like, some of that, like, if it's a veteran champion, I feel like it helps a little bit. Like, there's a possibility they're going to lose. Like, Rhea, we know she's not going to lose. Like I said, they sent fucking Becky Lynch down to, to NXT, so she didn't have to, because what else is she going to do? It's realistic, they're waiting for her to feud with Rhea, so they're not doing it now, so guess what? You're going down to uh, Full Sail for a little <laughs> bit, or the PC, so I don't know. I, I just think they definitely need stars or someone, so Nia kind of fits that role. But it's not <laughs> like, no, it does. 
someone that people know. Like, at least someone that's credible, I guess. Yeah, like, I understand. Imagine if fucking, I don't know, Piper never came out raw. People would have just been like, who cares? At least Nia got some kind of reaction. But like I said, I, think, I don't think that's like solving any raw women's issue problems, like the bigger problems of the division. It's just funny when you look at like, you want a solidified, cemented star to work with some of these women. And the free agent market is such where they don't really have anyone to choose from than Nia Jax. I mean, there's a lot of women on the free agent circuit. I'm talking about someone that is notable and established that they could bring in right now when it would make sense. There aren't a lot of women that are becoming free agents from AEW, or at least anyone that would make a you know be a difference maker. There aren't a lot of women that they fired that they can bring back that would be a difference maker. They've brought back a lot of women, but not, no women that would be, like again, a difference maker, uh, at least not for the immediate future um that they would want with Nia Jax it's just funny when you say Nia and star in the same sentence but she is a star again she was at least (laughs) she came in at a point regardless of whether you like her or not and I know we don't like her I mean again I'm just talking about I'm not saying like I wish death upon her some people are just being ridiculous but um listen with Nia Jax she was on the show for a long time and she was always on the show she was never not on the show she was never injured she was injuring other people but she was never really injured and she was on the show consistently and she got over by working with the Charlottes and the Sashas and the Baileys and Beckys and people like that. Um, and again, she has someone kind of went after me saying, oh, she doesn't have the right amount of heat. She has heat. I mean, listen, I don't I don't agree with it either, but I'm not trying to defend her. But people do not like Nia Jax. She gets good. She gets heat. I'm not going to even say good heat. I said that in the tweet. She gets heat. She gets more of a reaction than fucking Candice LeRae or Indy Hartwell or Tegan Knox or Emma or Dana Brooke. I mean, should I bring up the entire list? None of these women are over. Um, and they need to get them over by hopefully working with someone like Anaya. Do I want Anaya around long-term? No. I mean, she's already won all the titles. I don't need to see Anaya around. I think she's fucking awful. But they're also very heel-heavy, too. Shayna never really turned face. Zoe's not really a face. Chelsea, Piper, Rhea, now Anaya. Like, how many heels did they have on the show? Especially with Becky going to NXT. I mean, she's still going to be on Raw, I would imagine, for now. Pulling double duty, but I don't know. They're in a weird spot right now. I'm not a big fan of Nia being back. I would hope it gets Raquel over long term. But one of the problems is something you said a few minutes ago. Raquel sucks as a babyface. I'm not saying she would be completely solved if they turned her heel. But you can't turn her heel when you already have 20 heels on the roster. I would think this might help her in the long term. But I'm not overly optimistic. I feel like that inevitable Rhea-Nia match is just not going to be overly great. But maybe they can get something good out of her. I don't know. No, yeah. I mean, I literally... I think... Rhea as a babyface to me, or not Rhea, Raquel to, as a babyface to me reminds me of Santos as a babyface. It just doesn't work for me specifically. I think they're both a lot better as a heel. I understand why they turned Santos' face, because he wasn't getting over as a heel. So the whole LWO thing, I, re- I mean, I don't think that's really helped him. I think it's helped Zelina more than him. Um, but I just, I think Raquel is like the smiley, I have back muscles, babyface is just great a garbage dude it sucks the fact they have still have her going out there and listen we spoke with her back in montreal over elimination chamber weekend sweet over sweetheart of a person she's awesome i'm a big fan of hers but they still have her going out whether it's her idea or not doing the fucking back thing she was doing it in nxt it didn't make any sense then and she's been doing it this entire time in the main roster we can you at least give us a video package to explain why she like is she a proud of her back muscles like that is her defining feature on this program which is very bad They've done some vignettes with her, not enough for people to care. And she also just doesn't win it. I mean, she's been a three-time tag team champion. Cool. Who gives a shit? Like, she needs to win something of importance for people to care. And she just hasn't so far. At least with Santos, he's with Ray. 
So, I mean, him being with Ray will get a better reaction than Raquel, or when he turns on Ray, he'll get good heat for it. That's great. Raquel doesn't have anyone to really work with here to kind of bounce off of. It's just her. I mean, she did have partners and stuff, but, again, no partners that have helped get her over, so... I don't know. I mean, Liv, Liv, Liv was over, but again, you take Liv out of the equation, it exposes how weak Raquel is on her own as far as crowd reaction. She's a good worker, but she doesn't have that connection with the audience yet, and she's been here for a year and a half. There's really no excuse, and it's the fault of the company, in my opinion, more than Raquel herself. I just want to make that clear. Uh, last few things here as we wind down. Do you think Cody and Seth, we're going to get that before Cody inevitably goes to SmackDown? You know, we, not, we got Jay traded the Raw. We talked about it last week. Someone's going to SmackDown. Everyone assumes it's Cody. He's doing a whole lot of nothing right now on Raw. They teased him and Seth a month ago. They're still doing Seth and Shinsuke for some reason. I like Shinsuke's heel turn, but like he lost clean to payback. I don't need to see a rematch. They have this they have this obsession with dragging stuff out for no reason. Um, I, I would like to see Cody and Seth before Cody moves on. Maybe he loses that match, and then, then he goes to SmackDown. But I feel like you got to do that match before Rhodes leaves because they already teased it a couple times. No, I agree. I'm kind of, like you said, I'm not really sure why we're doing Shane and... And Cody still shouldn't let it lost clean as a fucking sheet. I mean, they need more heels, and those are the top baby faces. Judgment Day kind of occupies that spot, but they need more people beyond that. At least one or two more people. Miz ain't that guy, but you know who could be Drew McIntyre. I really like what they're doing with Drew right now. The Matt Riddle thing is basically RK Bro 2.0, um, but I don't think that's long term for a reason because I think he'll probably turn on Matt, and then because the whole thing with like he he said to Sammy last week, listen, if Jay falls out of line, no pun intended, or if he, like, misbehaves or whatever, I'm taking it up with Cody. And we're getting Drew and Jay next week, which is cool. It's actually probably one of the better things going on the show right now. The stuff with Jay and the subtle heel turn with Drew, because he's, like, building frustration. He lost at Mania. He lost at SummerSlam. He could be leaving. Who knows? But I think heel Drew, we haven't gotten in a few years. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah, I mean, I think he, like, we need another big heel on Raw. I mean, we have Gunther. Oh, Gunther too, of course, yeah. I mean, we, I guess we have Shinsuke, if you want to throw the Miz in there. But, I mean, besides Gunther, it's a pretty fall, fucking steep fall from there. So, I think Drew would be a perfect, like, number two or number one heel on Raw. I know, like you, we've discussed in the past, like, he doesn't want to go heel because of the whole Make-A-Wish or any kind of charity work. But, I mean, they really need big-time heels, and I, I think it'd be good for Drew to go heel. I agree. I think it'd be fresh for him, and uh, you know, it, it makes maybe not the Make a Wish stuff. I don't know about at this point, but you know, from a storyline standpoint, he didn't want to come back as a heel for no reason. It's got to make sense, and they're telling that story over a course of uh, a few months, which I think is cool. So, I think that's the direction we're headed in. With Matt Riddle, speaking of whom, do you think they cut ties with him? I mean, coming off this whole TSA incident where he said that they sexually abused him or sexually harassed him, whatever, and then he took the post down, and they were like what are you talking about? Cause they, I guess he was, he they had a call where he was acting disorderly coming off a plane. They investigated it, searched him, no issue. He didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden he posted side of nowhere, it takes the post down off raw on Monday, off the weekend house shows. Then it comes out. He was six. So that's why he was off the shows. I guess, um, if he was taking off the shows cause of the investigation, then I feel like they would have said that, but either way, I don't think it's looking good for Matt Riddle and WWE. Not that this is a massive deal, but I just feel like it's one small thing after another. And I like Matt Riddle, but I mean, I feel like if he keeps fucking up and doing dumb shit, they're just going to be forced to cut ties at some point. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I like Riddle too. I just, I don't know, without Randy, he just kind of feels there. I mean, I understand what they're doing with him and Drew, but it just doesn't feel the same. 
I like, like I said, I, I like Riddle, but like I said, I feel like there's just every so often this stuff kind of comes up, like the whole ex-girlfriend thing came up recently, mm-hmm. or like that was the last couple of years, this now, I just, I don't know if it's like, like, he's not a big enough player to like, I would say to like, get, keep over, the bad yeah. PR, keep the bad press, like, mm-hmm. I like Riddle, but I mean, if he's just going to keep getting in trouble or being in the news for bad things, like. You basically saying you were sexually harassed and taking it down. If that if that was just like a, just like say it. I mean that's that's awful. So, I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually just like yeah it's not worth the headache. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's not any one incident, but the ex girlfriend stuff and again the stuff that came out about him with that. And again it wasn't really. It's weird because I'm not saying he's not guilty, but they never really took it to a point where it's like all right he was found guilty. There's proof. Like there probably is, but WWE never really did anything about it. So it was kind of strange. This has been going on for a couple of years now, too. And, you know, they're willing to kind of, okay, overlook this, but it happens enough times, and it's not like he's Randy Orton or Roman Reigns or something. Not that it would be good if anyone did it. But he's expendable, essentially. I mean, he's a good part of the roster, and he gets he's, he's been over and whatever, but he's been doing nothing for a while, and I think that's by design because they just don't trust him. I mean, you can't push the guy towards the main event picture, and then he does dumb shit, and you have to let him go. So, I mean, you need that trust there. He needs to work his way back up. He went to rehab at one point. I mean, again, that was reported. I don't know if it was confirmed, but, you know, he acted. I don't know. Some of the stuff he was posting while he was away kind of made it seem like that was the case. It's very strange stuff. And uh, hopefully he can get back on track. I'm just not optimistic. I think they might have to let him go. Not for this one incident, but the culmination of everything is, like you said, it just might not be worth the the bad press. Uh, Last two things here before I let you go. Gunter's next challenger... Chad Gable stepped up on Raw, but I don't think he's next. I would I would still have Gable be Gunter. I know you weren't as high on that last week just because he's already got enough opportunities. Um, I would keep him in the chase, have him work his way back title contention. But in the meantime, Gunter and Tommaso Ciampa, I think, would be a good match for the Intercontinental Championship based on what we saw from those two on Monday's Raw. Uh, what say you? Do you? Who would you like to see challenge Gunter next for the championship, ideally at the Fastlane pay-per-view? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind uh, if, it, if, if it's Ciampa next, I think. He came back. We really haven't seen him do a ton. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I mean, people want to see Gable again. I mean, you asked me, you lost clean again. I don't need to see it again. I mean, I like how he's becoming a little bit more serious, but, I mean, I don't think he should be the one to beat Gunther right now. Um, but, no, I think Champa and, and Gunther is like a good, like, little transitional feud right now. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, program for that pay-per-view, and they had a great match, and NXT standing delivered two and a half years ago, and I think them running it back in the main roster would be pretty cool. Hopefully it keeps Ciampa busy before, sound like a broken record, but the DIY reunion, Johnny Gargano coming back at a house show over the weekend. I say coming back, but he worked the house show like a fucking month ago. It's not like he was gone for six months. People are acting as if, oh, he's back. Like, you know, he lost a fucking Omos. It wasn't even a part of either role, who we also have not seen since SummerSlam, by the way. So, I mean... I wouldn't really put much stock in that. I mean, he's back when he's back. I don't know what's going on with Johnny. I hope he's okay. I don't know if he's sick or if he's hurt or what. But, like, they have not really done... They haven't done any... Not even really. They haven't done shit with him. He hasn't been on the show in months. So, hopefully they bring him back soon and he's and he's okay. And he can work with Ciampa and then get back on track in the tag team division. Last point. You mentioned this earlier. Becky Lynch, not only in NXT, she is the new NXT Women's Champion as of Tuesday night. Beating Tiffany Stratton. Win the belt back at Battleground. We were there for that in May and Lowell. Uh, this was a really good match. I think definitely Tiffany's best match to date. And the match you had with Lyra was also quite good. But this was definitely her best match yet. Um, Becky winning, not much of a shocker. I don't know if they would have Tiffany go in there and beat one of WWE's biggest stars unless they wanted to just extend it out. But 
You know, they wanted the ratings. They didn't save this for the next pay-per-view because they don't care about the Peacock, Peacock subscriptions. They wanted uh, the rating for NXT. I don't know what the rating is as of right now, but I'm sure it was good. Uh, Becky's the new champion, winning the one title that always eluded her. She's not doing anything on Raw right now. Like I said earlier, I think she continues to pull double duty in the meantime as they wait for the Rhea Ripley rivalry, probably in time for Mania. Uh, Tiffany has someone credible to work with. Becky can work with some fresh competition in NXT. I feel like it's a win-win. You can't always be putting belts in main roster talent. We already have that with the North American title and Dominic, but I wouldn't go overkill quite yet, but I do think this was a good move, and I know you agree. Yeah, I thought this was a good good move, great match. Like I said, she's kind of, once she finished up with Trish, it's like I said it before, like who's she going to work with? There wasn't really any heels. No thanks to her and Nia, I'm all set. I mean, <laughs> who's she going to face? Like Shayna? Like, I would kind of just be random. We've already seen that before, too. So she also just had that little mini feud, I guess, with Trish and and Zoe. So yeah, and next to her, she beat Dewdrop or Piper Niven. I mean, there really isn't much for her to do on Raw right now besides face Rhea. So if that's not the case, I think going down to NXT, like you said, had a great match with Stratton. I feel, I mean, she's, she's definitely won me over. Um, since she's won the belt, I think she's had a lot of good matches. This was no different. And, uh, Becky kind of crossed that off the, uh, off the list. She finally won the, uh, NXT women's champion. Like most of the people have already won it. I mean, her and Bianca, I mean, weren't as popular in NXT. I mean, they never won the belt before they went to the main roster. And obviously they're, two of the biggest over. So I guess maybe we'll see Bianca on NXT within the next year as well so <laughs> she can fucking win the belt because besides Becky, Bianca's only one of like the main roster big women right now that has never won NXT gold. So, I mean, I, th- I, I think we could see it. I, I'm glad Becky got the achievement. Um, kind of, kind of pay it back that she had a great career. I mean, she was good at NXT, just never was at that level with, with Charlotte and Bailey and Sasha at that time, but yeah. definitely as the the years have gone on, she's definitely one of the top uh, women to come out of the NXT uh, developmental system. So definitely good to see her get a win. And like I said, I think it was also good for Stratton to get a a big time opponent. Seemed like she fit in well with Becky, and I think it, it's a good thing for her eventual main roster run because it's not like she looked out of place with Becky at all. No, not at all. I thought they had a great match. Definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah, for Becky, the timing was just never right to become champion. I mean, I think she was, she wasn't on the level of Sasha. I mean, she was close. She was always like the fourth outcast of that four horsewomen group. I mean, I think the closest she came to winning that title, as you would probably remember, the match with Sasha that she had, I think that first, not the first takeover, it was far from the first takeover. It was unstoppable. That's what it was. Back in May of 2015, they had an excellent match. She was really over. That was kind of like her, um, homecoming, so to speak, like her first, uh, you know, coming out party, as people say, whatever, like her first real performance where people were like, wow, like she's great. And she couldn't win because they were waiting for Bailey to beat Sasha, not Becky. Um, and she never just, she never won the championship. She got called up soon after. So uh, cool to see it come full circle. NXT benefits, I think. The ratings will benefit. Tiffany will benefit working with someone of her stature. Maybe she gets the belt back from Becky at fucking no mercy. This might be a short-lived thing, but it could keep Becky busy for the rest of the year. Is that Rhea feud probably ain't coming until after the Rumble, and it's already only September, so that Nia feud might be inevitable, because Nia put her on the shelf five years ago, they never really did that feud, <laughs> we might be getting that at some point, I hate to break it to you, but um, this is a nice, pit stop, a nice pit stop in the meantime for Becky Lynch, and I'm, I'm a fan of the move, we'll see where they go with it from here. Um, but that's it, Mr. Marceau, a lot to discuss this week, a lot more to discuss next week as we head into fast lane and uh, Wrestle Dream AEW's next pay-per-view. Uh, no AEW talk this week. Maybe we'll talk more next week if there's more going on. I know they have Grand Slam next week, so 
Uh, we'll talk about that then, I'm sure. But in the meantime, new episodes every single Thursday at WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, new episodes every single week on all the usual podcast platforms. Mr. Marceau, brother, have a great week. I'll catch up with you next Thursday, brother. See you later, man. Adios.